When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi there. It's that time. It's, I think it feels like just yesterday that we did the combo cast, but we're doing another combo cast for you right this very moment. We are putting this down to tape. Yeah, tape. There is no tape. We're putting this into a computer. I got my fancy new Mac studio. Woo! That baby kicks thing is the fastest computer i've ever owned it is so fast i love it anyway we're here to talk about money not computers this is not a technology show this is a show that even luddites can listen to like tom over there no, luddites can be on there's a difference there. yeah yeah and and then luddites can even understand it um so uh thanks for being a part of it oh and by the way if you didn't if you didn't go to our youtube channel recently our last combo cast yeah was delayed by a couple of days because we had some technical difficulties with the the service that records it for us. Tom's face was split down the middle. We had to fix that. Well, Tom insisted. No, uh, I did not. I would actually. I'd rather have half of my face. Have my face. The good half. Uh, but it was. It turned out really good. I bet Tom hasn't even watched it. I have we, not. We talk. Nope. We talk about the movie Margin Call, and uh, and mm. uh, it's a pretty good piece. I listened to that though yesterday. Because I wanted Did to you? see how it sounded. Yeah, because with the, you put the clips in there and everything. I wanted yeah, to hear yeah, how yeah. it sounded. Yeah, so it was good. Yeah, I I bleeped the podcast version. Yeah, I did not bleep the YouTube version. I now, left the as, movie intact. And Little as language. you're doing as you're doing this today, speak to mm-hmm. me as though you would to a child or. Or a, a Labrador retriever. retriever. No, golden In your retriever. case, a Labrador. Don't, no, you don't, have don't, a Labrador. Don't, don't let him hear that. He'll be, he'll be really, it's hurt. Come his here, feelings. Come he'll, here, he'll, he'll, he'll feel bad. Please don't. Do Is that. he out there in the hall? He's locked away in a soundproof booth. No, <laughs> he's, that, one of the things <laughs> okay. that happens during this recording, he's locked away. So, All right. So we're not going to talk to the dog, but we are no. going to talk to you. And we're going to talk to you about something that we talked to you about a lot. Primarily because what? Why, 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 why do we keep getting this so wrong? Why? Well, not me, you. Why do you keep getting this so wrong? Why do you keep thinking you can beat the market? Why do your stockbrokers keep selling you actively managed mutual funds in the mistaken hope, the the, the totally messed up hope? That somehow you're going to outperform what the stock market itself provides in terms of returns. Over and over and over again, you're proven wrong, yet you persist in the pursuit of, I'm just trying to think of another P word, of pusillanimous profits. I don't even know if pusillanimous Ooh. works for that. but we'll I'm going to have to look in. that up. Just because it was the only P word I could think of. That's good now stuff. I'm going to have to look up pusillanimous yeah, while, while you're Tom doing that. talks. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Okay, you know we believe in investing in index or index-like mutual funds. We are willing to accept the returns of 
stocks and bonds over the long haul. Eh, we decided that. A lot of people decided that. A lot more people decided that in the last 20 years, by the way. It was one out of $20 invested sort of passively 25 plus years ago. And now it's like one out of $2. So a lot of you. But many of you are still picking stocks because I see your portfolios. Uh, last year was a shocker with the pandemic. The number of people that were picking stocks from, uh, I don't know, advice they're getting on Reddit, et cetera. And then here's the proof in the pudding. We don't know how all you did because we don't get to look at your returns, but we actually do get to look at the returns of the professionals, the people that get paid a lot of your money to do this. Yeah. The, the mutual fund managers out yeah. there and because then the reason we get to look at them is because their track records are public. Yeah. So the numbers are the numbers in the year 2021. If Ladies you gentlemen, bought here and are held the numbers. The tw- if you bought and held the standard and poor's 500, which you've heard us say you should own more than that, but let's for sake of argument, just go with that All right. with dividends and everything. If you just bought and held it, you made 28.7% last year, healthy return. Pretty good. That's from the S and P 500. That's from the S and P 500. 500 biggest growth stocks. That's in America. right. That's right. But if you hired, Oh, an active manager, Somebody to say, well, that's not good enough. I'm going to overweight to, I don't know, Amazon or Apple or whatever, whatever. The odds are you picked the wrong thing. You should have been in the index. And here's why. The new numbers are out. According to the S&P Dow Jones indices, 85% of those actively managed funds, 85% underperformed the index. That is the highest number of underperformance since 2014. 85%. Yes, but Tom, Tom, I, I hate to, to break this to you, but I'm special. I found the 15% that beat the index. And you my had to broker, do it before. My broker, my broker picked the one that beat the index. And and they're they're brilliant. They do this. They, they swear to me that they're actually doing this. I love these numbers. The average, thank you for that, by the way. And You're welcome. Me, I was give, trying give to help. my number, would you? Uh, the average return of U.S. large cap funds, 23.3. That was five percentage points lower than the index. So if you're picking stocks or hiring somebody to do That's this Tom's for yourself. exasperated I know. sound. If you're picking stocks or doing <sighs> this, here's what you have to believe. You have to believe. You have to. There's no argument with this. You have to believe that the market, the stock market has somehow mispriced the stocks that you're picking or the stocks that your uh, asset manager is picking. You have to believe that. There's no way around it. That is a powerful point because here's what that means. Here's what, here's how the market works. You believe, let's say you believe there's a stock out there that is undervalued and you are going to buy it because it's cheap. From whom are you going to be buying that stock? Who's going to be selling it to you? Somebody who believes it's what? Too cheap? No. No. Somebody who may very well and probably does have more information than you, who truly believes that it's too expensive. So they're going to get Mm. rid of it and sell it to you. Who's right? Well, here's the problem with that. The market ends up being right. Because you have so many people selling, believing they're too high, and so many people buying, believing they're too low, that they meet somewhere in the middle. And that gives you what is pretty close to a fair value at that time. That 
fair value can fluctuate down a little bit, up a little bit. That's the market volatility. That is the price you pay for the average annual returns of globally diversified stocks since the 70s, which have been in the double digits. Yeah. So you've without made a doing lot of anything. Money. Yeah. Okay. So, but just think this through one more step. If you are either doing this on your own or you've hired someone to do it, realize that there are trillions of dollars that are chasing that performance. Most of that money, by the way, is managed institutionally. In other words, it's the professionals that have the resources, the money. They're the ones taking the pictures of Walmart to tide how many shoppers there are. All those things versus you or your fund. It's a very big pool. And you want proof. <laughs> this came from a Building Wealth blog. According to them, the years one 2001. Of the, one of the blogs I refer to all the time. Oh, okay. One, 2001 no, I'm through, kidding. Okay. I, was, I didn't know it. 2001 <laughs> through 2020. 2001 through 2020. The That's average investor. Yeah. The average investor, according to them, made 2.9% a year. 2.9% a year. It, Not so very is this much. based on, uh, what, who, is this based on, um, Oh, what's the survey that's, uh, that comes out every no, year? No, that's uh, not. Now you're going to make me forget, but it's not that survey. No. It's why do I? I hate getting old. What's yeah, it called? We haven't used it in so many years. Dollbar. Dollbar. Yeah, we haven't. That's not Dollbar numbers? It's Where not did they get their numbers? numbers? I don't know. They say 2.9. And then they, they, they put up on the screen, by the way, to compare that. If you just invested in the S&P 500, 7.5% a year you made 2.9 versus 7.5. I don't know how much more evidence you need to consider all this. And by the, by the, by the, by that 20 year period that they are quoting included 10 years and they're using the S and P 500, right? That's right. Seven and a half. So that includes 10 years where the S and P 500 lost more than 1% per year on average. So it had to make all of that additional money to get it up to almost eight. It had to make all that money in just that 10, that second 10 year period, the second 10 year period. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it was a good 10 year period, but not again, if you were picking stocks or hiring someone that was picking stocks. Okay. And just very quickly so that we get yes, this sir. out of Go the way, ahead. because it still yeah. comes up. If I own an American fund, the American funds, Don, is that a index fund or is that an actively managed fund? Actively managed funds. Yeah. You're, and for that pleasure of owning that, you're generally paying a commission and a high expense ratio. Five which and is three another quarter problem. percent commission and an expense ratio of about six to seven tenths of percent yeah. a year. Unless, of course, they put you in the C shares, which have no front commission, but they've had annual fees of well over one percent per year. And we know you can do better because we now use exchange traded funds with no commission, zero commissions and expense ratio average 0.1. That's 0.1. That's a lot less. basis points. Yeah, exactly. You wake up every morning and say, well, I don't have to work as hard as those guys because I already saved 50 basis points. Bingo. And the commission. So. Oh, I think that Tom is once again sharing great advice for all of us here in America. Oh, by the way, I forgot right. to mention before we get to the questions, for those of you fascinated by such things, and I know you're out there because we get your notes, Don and I will be doing the next podcast together in the same room, in the same state, in the same area. 
In that same little room there, is that where we're doing it from? Same. It's a it's a big little room. It looks tiny with the album there behind you. So okay, yeah. It's not huge, but it'll do. It'll do. You know, I was trying to find out what VT did over that period, but it didn't didn't live. It didn't exist that long ago. (laughs) To go back to the year two thousand one. Anyway, uh, thanks for uh, all that great information, and I have questions for you now. Please, we're sending to us at talkingrealmoney.com, and we still have several. So here we go. Hello, Don and Tom. Nice change of pace. I'm twenty nine years old and have an all stock portfolio in my Roth IRA. When I started. It consisted of 35% VTSAX, 35% VTIAX, and 30%, you'll be happy to hear this, Tom, AVUV. Ooh. I am curious if I should be rebalancing this or not. I was under the impression that rebalancing was meant to move uh, meant more towards stocks to bonds within a portfolio. I'm just curious if I should continue to rebalance my all stock portfolio when it gets out of whack by 5% or so, or leave it alone. Thank you so much in advance for the help. Number one, thank you for listening and putting together a terrific portfolio with a big hunk in us large, a big hunk in international large, and then a nice piece, meaty piece of us small cap value, which has been a very good performing asset class over the long haul. That's a terrific portfolio. Here's what I would do. Next year, when it's your birthday, I would rebalance to the original percentages. This is in a Roth, mm-hmm. I believe you said. So it's not going to have any tax Roth, ramifications. Correct. So I mean, no taxes. Yeah, once a year, go ahead, because some things are going to do better over time. I mean, last year and a half have been phenomenal for U.S. small cap. So it's probably grown to be a greater percentage of the overall portfolio. I'd make that change annually and get on with your life. So the answer is yes, you do rebalance your equity positions too, because you don't want one portion of that to get out of whack. And and what it does, this is what a lot of people don't understand about rebalancing. It's not just to get you to the proper balance. It's to get you into a habit, a discipline of buying your winners or buying your, your losers and sell, selling your winners, selling high and buying low. It's It's a disciplined way to do that. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. And again, thank you for listening to our advice and others, apparently. So good work. And now we have yet another question. This one is longer. Came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. And uh, this one starts out, greetings. I enjoy your show and advice. It's tax season, as we know. I filed my extension. Thank you, Appella. Uh, and I'm, it's tax season. I'm doing my taxes using some tax software that has stumped me with some questions. Like Ooh. we're going to be able to help. Well, yeah. we'll try. The I have a no. non, I have a non-spouse inherited $50,000 traditional IRA. And the software is leading me to questions related to cost basis. I don't know why you would, it would ask you about cost basis, but okay. Uh, I have a 1099 for my inherited RMD. I've never added. I just take the RMDs. I don't know how my mom mom funded the IRA when it was a pension rollover or deductible contributions. Am I correct to assume when I inherited the IRA that regardless of how she funded it, my cost basis is zero? Yeah. Well, your your cost basis, whatever you inherit... no. Yes. On an IRA. No. They, yeah. It's not going to matter from a tax standpoint, but they still may want to know what amount you inherited. 
I can't imagine why. The but. original number. They may say, well, in 1989, you got blank or 19, whatever it is. Yeah, they but, may want to know Basically, that. you got to pay taxes on every yeah. dollar you take out. That's correct. And you've got, and you've now, according to the IRS, you have RMDs. Yeah. And in your or case, so if this say. was uh, prior to the SECURE Act, you had, you were able to stretch this out. In other words, take it over your lifetime, not the person who left it for you. So, uh, yeah, that's an odd I, question. I don't think it's I, – it, 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 honestly, I don't – I they, they and they want him to file an 8606. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. We're not accountants. Uh, but um, he goes on to say, the software's tax expert put me on hold for 10 minutes and then came back and said they'd have to call me back 24 hours and waiting. This is new <laughs> software for me, but it's my 15th RMD since 2006. 15th? My, wow. 15th. That's a stretch. Ira. years old. That's a stretch. Yeah. Okay. That's a stretch. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to use one of Uncle Joe's new. I don't want one of Uncle Joe's new uh, IRS agents chasing me down. Well, okay. <laughs> but what if you just go ahead and put the numbers in for what you've been taking out and see what the software says? Yeah, exactly. I just, don't, I just don't think it's going to matter. And by the uh, way, just, I'll add something else. We are soon going to have a firm work that's going to be part of our thing that is going to be able to answer those tax questions like that. So we'll be able to, we'd actually dial them up right now and say, hey, what, what's the deal with will this? We, they will know. we make them hang out on Saturdays for the live I, show? <laughs> probably. That's a good idea. Right. Good. That's good. Okay. He continues on though. Here you go. Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a side note. Radio talk shows educated me enough to outsmart and dump an advisor with Amera eyes. Oh, <laughs> he actually bleeped out the PR <sighs> uh, who told me to cash out the IRA and I could not inherit it. Excuse me? Yeah. Oh, so you just, when you got it that day, you just. Yeah, you got to buy something from put, me. Oh, come on. Yeah, right. Uh, I Ugh. even educated their main customer service when I told them I wanted to take it as an inherited IRA and further stumped them when I told them my brother wanted to disclaim his share. In yes. the end, after months of processing, their rep thanked me because he followed my lead in the same situation for himself. Thank you, Talk Radio, for your service. Wendy, huh? Now you know why I didn't record this. <laughs> okay, but that does bring to mind a couple of points. Um, number one, in terms of the current situation, as I said, I would run the tax return just to see what the impact was with putting the cost basis at zero, as Don suggested. Because you can run yeah, online stuff. You can you run, run it again. Run it right. again. If it, if it turns out you can see an anomaly there, because it should look similar to previous years, you simply increase the amount a little bit. Number two, you know what, when you call, when you have an advisor and you think they're a financial advisor and they know everything, they don't, they don't in we many don't. cases, we don't know everything. We have to look things up. We have to ask people. So I think what you did is absolutely spot on. Perfect. Go find somebody else who does know and no offense to the previously mentioned brokerage house. The person you talk to likely a salesperson and not an advisor. Oh, oh, totally a salesperson. Uh, and I got one more. Let me just throw this one in. This yep. is really short. It's a question that's come up before, and I think we should answer it. Uh, hi, Tom and Don. Enjoy the podcast. Regarding your three funds at three groups recommendations for fidelity, why don't the zero funds make the list? Does it have to do with diversification? Thank you. Uh, exactly. The The funds that we list at Fidelity hold far more stocks they are more transparent about it. I don't even know that I've ever actually seen the stocks in the zero portfolios 
but I know yeah, it's I limited. Have, but it's an emulation. It's a yeah, fewer it's, number of stocks, yep. which allows them to reduce their trading costs and and lose money, in essence, on it. Um, when you get the funds, and I can't remember which funds. Let me see. F. We should do a show on the zero. See how much they've added. See what the performance has been, because it's been a few years now. It has been a few years, but the the fidelity fund that we or the fidelity funds that we suggest, like FSK, I think it was X. X. That's correct. Yeah, total market index. Yep. Um it it is it has an expense ratio. Get this. This is why the five zero, basis points. No, lower. Three basis lower, points. Lower. What? Really? Lower. Crazy. So why okay, what's the difference between zero and and one and a half basis points. Not much in the long haul. <laughs> pennies. Yeah. Pennies. Literally pennies. Yeah. Under a thousand bucks. So yep. that's why you're going to get better diversification and uh, you, you own the whole portfolio. I've always, I always thought the Fidelity Zero funds were such a gimmick. It is a gimmick. Such a gimmick. That's maybe why we should do a show on them. Look how much money's come in. Look at the performance. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. Yeah. We don't have so, time now because we've already run time. over. We got to yeah. run. Yep. We got to wrap this here video audio podcasty thing up, but Tom has an important message that he would like to share with all. I of hope I can come up with, Oh, this is my, uh, what are you going to do in retirement? Where are you going to live in retirement? How are you going to pay for retirement? All those yeah, kind of things. I, ah, I thought you okay. knew what your message was. But no, apparently. I didn't. So, but thank no, you for putting me on the spot. Yes. I'm inviting all of you to join us either a in person in beautiful Bellevue, Washington on Saturday, May 14th. We'd love to see you, see you at retirement. To see to you. To see you at retirement 2022. Tom will Boy. personally pull out your chair for you. <laughs> Uh, that it's, it's going to be fabulous, fabulous to see all fabulous. of you again. It's been so long. Oh, it's been so long. And we will sell it I'm out. wearing There's a no hazmat doubt. suit because I don't trust any <laughs> of you. not a bad idea. One of the big helmets. Uh, so if you and if you're outside of the greater Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, er, hey, you could even come down from Vancouver, Portland area. You want to don't want to drive to see us because right now driving like three miles costs like 30 bucks, whatever it is. Uh, you can do it all online. This is going to be this is going to be virtual, too, again. And this is going to be a far better, I'm promised show, if you will, than we've ever done virtually because it's going to be produced like camera one, camera two, I don't turn trust to the left. I, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I'm not counting now. on it. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you think at the end it'll be Don interpreting what Paul Merriman Probably. says and then telling yeah, it'll be you what Paul Don's was trying to say. Don's interpretive dance. <laughs> what he was trying yeah. to say is this. Uh, so, okay. Easy, easy to sign up for either one in person, which does cost something because see, it comes with a great sandwich. This is the first one that I haven't directed and I know. Produced. Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about and this see, podcast. No, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried about retirement because I'm not in charge this time. But I, you know what? Me and Sometimes Ricky, you have to me let and Ricky things go. Were, we killed I it. I know. Sometimes you have to mm. let things go. That's what I'm learning Ricky about life today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so oh, anyway, uh, retire meet. Saturday, mm -hmm. May 14th. Yes, we cover everything from housing to income to Social Security to long-term care, everything. And what's the web address they go to? Oh, gosh, you're going to correct me, but I'm going to say no, it's retire, right. It's either way. M-E-E-T.com, retiremeet.com. You can register there. Yes, the uh, the Bellevue session has a charge to it because it comes with yummy I think breakfast and lunch or some snack in the morning, I believe. I don't and, uh, you I'm know, not in charge oh, of it anymore. Up, dude. All I got to do is get mm -hmm. up, do my little thing, walk out of the way. And then uh, if you want to just go virtual, of course, there's no charge for that. But I think there's a limited number of seats for both. For both. Yeah. Because you got to buy, you got to buy seats. 
online. Yep. You got to buy yep. them from Zoom. That's right. Anyway, uh, thank you all. We appreciate you being a part of our little uh, combo cast. As uh, I can hear the yard crew outside my soundproofed windows, the sound of the of the blower that comes yard right better through the wall. Look good when I get there this it weekend. Won't. That's all I can I say. My, I got to spend a lot of money on my yard. I hate that. Thank you all for being there. Take care of yourselves. I'm Don. That's Tom. We are going to wander off somewhere and mumbling real money we hope you realize that the information provided on talking real money is for informational educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor we know a good one investing must always involve risk in other words you can and probably will lose money at times also as much as you want it no one can accurately and consistently predict the future so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring unlike many other programs that say something similar talking real money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?